I'm looking for a harvest for my God. He's real. Hey everybody, welcome back to Spiritual Impact and once again it's a privilege for us to come into your home and to join you and we're going to talk about the favorite subject in the world today and that's the Lord and I tell you as we rejoice together it says our name will be written in the book of remembrance Amen. that we'll be brought up before the Lord according to the book of Malachi and I'm uh, Steve Rose and I'm joined by my pastor today Tim Parton and I know he's going to have something special for us today and we're going to get into some I think of the deeper things of God. Oh yeah. Pastor Steve, I got one question for the folks out there today. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul, cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? We better have our garments washed in the, in the spotless blood of the Lamb. Amen. I'll tell you what, He's soon coming back. I thought today, Pastor Steve, uh, we take a little dive off into a deeper part. First off, the Bible tells us that there's a blessing simply by reading the book of Revelation. So automatically we're going to be blessed today because that's where we're going to study from. But we're going to uh, second chapter. We're going to read verse 7 and... Uh, First, I want to do Revelations 1 and 4, because it says, John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Now let's jump over to 2 and 7. It says, He who hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. What we want to talk to you today about is the condition of the Revelation churches. Pastor Steve, as, uh, as we read in here, uh, the Lord has specific message for each one of these churches. And you can look at, at what he was saying to them through John in, in the writings here. And not only did it apply to those seven churches in that day, mm-hmm. but it would apply to every church, even down to the modern times in which we live. Because when God is, is a, uh, telling you what He sees good and then He's giving you some warnings about some things that need to change, it would pay for us to listen to Him. And uh, so, so a lot of this message has to do with warnings because I believe Christ is getting the church ready for the rapture. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I saw too about this too is, you know, some of the things these churches may have been doing well. Mm-hmm. But there's a few things they may have lacked. And, you know, when I was looking at the church of Ephesus right there, verse 4 says they'd done a lot. Well, it says they'd done several things well, but he told them plainly in verse 4, he says, you've left your first love. Amen. And I'm going to tell you how bad is that state when you've left the first love who is Christ himself. One thing that that I I noticed when I was studying this is uh, in John's writings, Christ had spoken to the churches that that I know your works. Mm-hmm. See, there's nothing hid from God. He knows everything about us. He knows our thoughts. He said even the very hairs of our head are numbered. Uh, so, so He sees everything and He knows everything. Not only did He know their works, He knew their, their deeds as well. He knew their hearts. See, only God can look into the heart of man and see what truly is inside of right. a man's heart 
which is his character. And uh, while some of the churches were faithful, others were filled with a lot of worldly compromise. Mm -hmm. So we'll take a look at them. But, but first off, let's, you, you've done spoken the church at Ephesus. They had lost their first love. And would you like to expound a little bit more on that, Pastor Steve? Well, I, I just, that was really surprising to me because when he goes in there, he tells, I know your works. He says, he says, I know thy works and thy labors. He says, thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. So they were standing up doing some good stuff here. And it says, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars and hast borne and hast patience for my name's sake, hast labored and has not fainted. So they were out there working. But he says, nevertheless, I have somewhat to say against thee because they has left their first love. They forgot the reason Amen. they were out there doing what they were doing. And see, I think when we get out there, we can get so caught up sometimes in works. And we start thinking, you know, look at what I'm doing, Lord. Look at what our church is doing for you, Lord. And you know what? That's not the way the works are supposed to work for the believer. It says, you know, the grace is the gift of God, not Amen. according to man or not according that, you know, it's supposed to be not by our works, but it's the gift of God that God gives us these things. But, you know, James, he says, faith without works is dead being alone. But what it is, the Spirit of God is the one who's supposed to produce those works in the believer. And I think here they were doing a lot of stuff in their own power. It looked like the right thing they were doing, but he says, but you missed the point. He says, you've forgotten why you're doing what you're doing. You know, a lot of times I think, whether in church or, or even in our own lives, we think the answer is is we have to be busy. That if that if we're not accumulating a lot of things, if we're not doing X amount each day and this and that, that we're not pleasing God. So in our mindset, we think busy mm -hmm. is pleasing to God. What God looks at the church is He doesn't want a busy church. He wants a loving church. Mm -hmm. Therefore, lost their first love. Because if, if, first off, if we don't love God, whom we have seen, have not seen, yeah. how, I love our ma uh, fellow man whom we have seen, how can we love God who we've not seen? I'll get it, get it right there in a second. But, uh, but they had left their first love. And, you know, when we first get saved, there's a passion, there's a fire. Uh, and there's not a whole lot required. They're just, you're, you're excited like a child just turn loose in, in the department store uh -huh. and you're looking at everything with eyes wide open and, and you just you just can't get enough. You, you want to read your Bible, you want to pray, you want to go to church, you just want you want you want to learn and but as we mature, something happens and we get complacent. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. the church at Ephesus, Ephesus were getting very complacent and they were relying too much on what they were doing instead of looking at what the Word says about, instead of putting their faith in Christ, finish work at the cross because that's the message that we should be preaching. That was the message Paul preached back then. That's the message that we should preach today. Jesus Christ, Him crucified, risen, and coming back. His finished work at Calvary. Uh, we've often said, now, God doesn't expect you to get saved and just sit down. It's not by our works, but your faith in God will produce Absolutely. works. That's exactly what it means. But they'll be works that pleasing, to, pleasing him. to Him. That's right. And you see, even when Jesus, He, would, he, he was busy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, doing the things He did, but it says even there were certain times that He said He would pull away from the people. 
and he would pull away from the people and he'd go and he'd be alone the mountain. Why? Because he wanted to spend time with the Father. Mm -hmm. And see, when we're trying to build the church that God wants, shouldn't we spend time with him? <laughs> Otherwise, we're building the church we want. And see, he says it may look good, but he says, but when you've lost that first love, and again, how can we love? If, if this relationship between us and God's not right, how can this relationship it be right? Can't be. See, that, that's the, that's the thing. Be. It can't be. Because uh, God is love. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I guess uh, I'm looking at a heading here. So they have called the church of, of Ephesus the loveless church. So that's probably a good, uh -huh. good thing there because uh, Jesus had told them that you'd lost your first love. And you know, when the Word of God tells us what's the greatest of all things, love, love. is the greatest of all mm -hmm. things. Now we look at the second church, uh, the church of Smyrna, and uh, we find that they were faithful. And because of their faithfulness, they were a persecuted church. And you know, Jesus said, the world hated me, they'll hate you, uh, and the world will persecute you. So the church here at Smyrna, they were, they were a faithful church. You could call them a faithful mm -hmm. church. And, uh, and uh, you know, they were suffering lots of persecution. Some of them were being thrown into prison, we read here. And, and he says, you know, you, that you may be tested, that you will have tri tribulation, you know, for 10 days, but in, if be faithful unto death, I will give you the crown of life. So it doesn't matter if what we have to go through. And, and the apostle Paul was, was well versed in, in sufferings for Christ's sake, but he knew that the rewards were far outweigh the sufferings. Mm -hmm. So we look at the church of Smyrna and uh, they're called here the persecuted church. And, and people, if we're going to take on the mantle of being a child of God, mm -hmm. the world's going to persecute you. So it says, all who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer Amen. persecution. My, I love this one part right here in verse 9. He says, I know thy works. Again, he's telling them, mm -hmm. ain't nothing, none of these things these churches are doing, God don't know. And he right. knows the motivation behind it too. He knows everything. But he says, I know your tribulation. That means every trouble they were facing. He says, I know it. He says, and poverty. But I, look what he says. He says, I know you don't have a lot. But he says, but thou art rich. Amen. I like that. He says, Amen. because you're doing it right. He says, you, they may look at you and say, well, that may be a small church. That may be a poor church. But he says, but you don't realize and understand you are rich. And he says, I know the blasphemy of them which say they're Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. So Satan sent his own minions to try to stop this church right here. There's where the persecution was coming from. And sometimes the persecution can come from within. But he says, there'll be a day that he'll separate the wheat from the chaff. Amen. Amen. So, uh, you know, I like the fact that, that Jesus, before He starts telling them what's wrong, He, he tells them what's right. Mm -hmm. So, so even, though, even though some of these churches were, were lagging way behind where they should have been, God wants to encourage us. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what He wants to do to you today. God is, is an encouraging God, an uplifting God, a creating God, but He has to... He has to be balanced. So, so therefore, we have to be told. We have to be chastised when we do wrong. It's not because He's mean. It's because He's full of love. Absolutely. And He wants us to grow and mature in the right way so that when the times of testing and the persecution comes, we can stand. If we've never been corrected or we've never been taught how to persevere, when times get a little tough, we might falter. We mm -hmm. might... 
get, you know, lose faith, lose heart and give up. And, and God doesn't want that. He wants to encourage us. So even though we may be in a season of correction and we all go through that from time to time, God is always encouraging us in, in every step that we go because He wants us to be all that we can be. He sees not what we see. He sees what He has created us to become. Mm -hmm. And we, you see many times I've heard people say, I'm a work in progress. Well, we really are. Yeah. We really are. Uh, none of us have attained full knowledge yet until He comes back and takes us home. But He's, he's trying to get all these churches. You know, some of them are doing great. Some of them not so great. And His desire is for them all to get ready because this is ushering in, pointing toward the rapture. The church is today, we're soon leaving this place. We're not going to dwell on this earth forever until we go in the rapture. And you can believe in the rapture or not, but it's scriptural. Come on. Uh, and the thing about the rapture, Pastor Steve, guess who's going to see it? Come on. Only the believers. Mm -hmm. Nobody else. The world's going to wonder where we're at. Mm -hmm. Only those that believe in Christ. And the Bible says, them that have died in Christ will rise first. Amen. And be changed. We all will in a moment of twinkling of an eye. But they're going to be raised up, united with body and soul, changed. We'll be caught up and so shall we ever be. And all that's going to happen in a moment of twinkling of an eye. The world's going to look around and wonder, where have these people gone? That's right. Because only the believers will get to see when he splits that eastern sky. That's right. And you know, when you looked at this too, he told them, he says, I know your works, the tribulation, the tribulation, the poverty. And he says, I know the blasphemy of them which say they are the Jews and are not, but the synagogue of Satan. But look what he says, verse 10 says, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. I like that. He says, don't worry. When you suffer these things, He's going to be there with you. And think about that. As Paul suffered so many things at the hands of, of people and all these, you know, the what it saw as the angelos, that spirit that troubled, wherever he went, stirred up trouble for him. But he says, you know, his strength was made perfect in weakness. And that's what he's saying here. Fear none of those things which you also suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried. And ye shall have tribulation ten days. He says, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He says, Amen. Listen, just be careful. And I say, I like that. He says, Don't fear, but he said, Just be faithful to that. And think about that. That's why Paul could sit there and go through all the things he went through. And you know, he says, For I reckon the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared. No. And I, I like that because hallelujah, I mean, he suffered a lot of things, but a lot of wrong things too by men because he preached the truth in love. And that's what this church was doing here, but yet they were persecuted. Amen. But he Amen. says, listen, while they may think you're poor, he says, you are rich. Hallelujah. Amen. We look at the third church here, the church of Pergamos, and uh, they're considered the compromising church. And we look at what Christ is saying to them. He says, I know your works where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith even in the days which Antipas was my faithful martyr who was killed among you where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you because there are those who hold to the doctrine of Balaam. So this church, even though they had faith, they compromised and I think we see a lot of that in, in some of the churches today. They let a little enough, enough of the world in to entice the people. 
Christ didn't call us to be ear ticklers. And, you know, I'm going to speak to pastors just a minute. I don't know how many may be watching, but I'm going to tell you something. When you take the position as a pastor, then every time, Pastor Steve, we step behind that pulpit, I believe that there's a huge responsibility. And every word, every deed, we are going to give an account for. Mm -hmm. So we better take heed in the way that we conduct ourselves behind the sacred pulpit because we're to teach the children mm -hmm. what thus saith the Word of God. Not my opinion, mm -hmm. not watered down, not so that, that people won't get mad or won't get their feelings hurt. Now, we have to preach in love. Even though you're preaching the truth, and the truth can be a hard thing to swallow, you preach it in love. But these people, the Church of Pergamos, Pastor Steve, they were compromising and letting doctrine that was not even biblical doctrine right. mm -hmm. in. Just, mm -hmm. I guess, for a crowd's sake. I was going to say, and you know, even people who start out with the right intentions, if they're not careful, it's and God is not their source. That's why when you look back at all this, it goes back to what he's talking about. He says that first love, doing it for the right things, for the right reasons. It goes all the way back to that. That's what all this is about, doing it for Jesus. But they were doing it because they wanted to please people too. But, you know, you may be sitting there in a church and you, maybe that church is having financial troubles. And all of a sudden somebody comes in that has money. Oh yeah. And then what do they do? They, they give a lot of money. And then all of a sudden, what does that pastor start doing? Going, oh, well, I'm, that, that's going to, okay, well, now, well, what if that person doesn't like a certain type of music? Well, we cut it out then. Now, who are you being led by? Mm -hmm. You're not being led now by the Spirit of God. You're being led by the love of money. And see, we've got to be led by the Spirit of God because always remember that person that comes in there, God loves them. And yes, He does love them. But always remember they will never be your source. The source has to be the Father. Amen. He has to be our source in all things. You know, and, and we talk about embracing the vision. And I believe that God gives us a vision because without a vision the people perish. Mm -hmm. But in essence everything that we do or are striving to do still has to point toward Christ. Absolutely. He has to be the focal point. of, And God's not against a church you know, being prosperous and blessed. and But we do have to preach the Word. We can't compromise the Word because mm -hmm. if I try to water down the Scriptures, then I'm not giving people the full dose of the medicine. This is good medicine for mm -hmm. our soul. So when testing times come, not only are, are they weak because they've not been taught the full strength, the meat of the Word, mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've poured a lot of milk out. Mm -hmm. But it's time that we, we get on the meat of the Word because times are not going to get any easier. Uh, you know, people, people keep looking, you know, they think, well, if this person gets elected in office or that person does this or if that person does that or if this could change. Perilous times are on the way. Those that have their life hid in Christ, we're not concerned about that. We're concerned about winning the lost, as many as we can before He comes back. So we, we can't afford to be in a compromising situation. We must preach the, the Word of God as it is, His true, unfallible Word. And I'm going to tell you something, and Pastor Steve will say the same thing. There's been many times I've been up preaching a sermon, and I've had to say, ouch, myself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you know, when you look at that, 
talking about a test as a pastor or as a teacher when you get up to stand. Have you ever sat there and when you're getting ready and you're putting this message together, God's giving this message, has anything ever popped in your mind? Well, you, I can't preach that because so-and-so might get offended. Yeah. Well, that's where you're on the dangerous grounds. That can't be a reason for not preaching what God wants you to preach. It says that we've got to be instant in season, out of season. We've got to preach in love. We've got to tell them the truth. It says when we preach the Word, it says, Be not afraid of their faces. Because mm -hmm. we've got to preach it. And you know, he says, It'll accomplish the task whereunto I sent it. So don't let the love of man stop you from preaching what God wants you to preach. You know, our, our fourth church here uh, is... Uh, the church in Thyatira, I guess that's what you pronounce that. Uh, they're considered here, according to this this header, as, as a corrupt church, even though there were some things that uh, that they did well. He said, I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, they have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel, which calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants. This church had immoral areas mm -hmm. within them, their, their body there. And, you know, we see that happening. You see a lot of circumstances where, you know, somebody runs off with somebody else's mm -hmm. husband or wife and, and things like that. So you see that happening. Well, all seven of these churches, you can mirror and you can see and you can look that in churches down through time and in modern days, how that the enemy has come in and attacked the churches. Because the, if you're doing well, the enemy's going to come in and try to attack you and, and stop you. So like Pastor Steve said, sometimes with the best of intentions, sidetracked with the wrong focus, we fall. That's right. It's, it's something, and you know it says in there that the one thing we need to protect above all things, you know, is our testimony. Amen. And see, that's where you got to stand on the things of God. And you know, I love people, but there'll be sometimes people will disagree with you. There'll be some people that like you, and there'll be some people that don't like you. It doesn't matter what you do, that's just the way it is. But you know, it says above all, it says we should be seeking the approval of God, not the approval of man. And we love them, but we've still got to seek what God wants us to do. Thus saith the Lord. When you talked about that revelation just a minute ago, that revelation isn't a revelation that comes from man. The revelation, it says, is a revealed revelation that comes from God. Amen. We're seeing the vision He wants us to have. And see, as a pastor, that's hard sometimes to, to share the vision because mm -hmm. you see it perfectly when He's giving it to you. Then you've got to go, oh, okay, I've got to get the people that can do those things, to build those things, to, to put these things in place and to share that vision. But you know we can do all things through the Spirit of God. Amen. Uh, I know we're getting short of time. We'll try to get through. And if we don't get through today, we'll come back another time. But the the next church is the Church of Sardis, and uh, they're considered a dead church. Have you ever, have you ever, I used to travel around the country and sing, and I've been in spiritual churches, and I've been in some of those uh -huh. dead, dry churches. And, you know, if there's no life where you're at, God is life. Uh, First off, pray for your pastor. Try to fix the church. I don't believe in just bouncing around from church to church to church. I believe that God gives us roots. But sometimes, Pastor Steve, we find ourselves in a situation that we just have to get away from or we're going to dry up ourselves. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I believe in first trying to be, trying to be a fixer Absolutely. and try to, you know, through prayer and, and through encouragement and things, try to be a light in your church. But, you know, 
when you've done all you can do and there's just you see no no change or no hope of change, then maybe sometimes you might have to yeah. look around and ask God to lead you to another place. And I believe the Spirit of God will lead you to do mm -hmm. those things. So many times people get their feelings hurt and they jump and before they get a release from the Spirit of God. And brothers and sisters, we can't do that. We still have to be obedient. You might preach something that hurts my feelings. Okay, you know what? That's called conviction. <laughs> okay, yeah. just because and just because I may not, you know, it hurts me doesn't mean I can get up and leave mad and go someplace else because you know hurting people hurt people, and I have to wait for the Spirit of God to tell me when to move and where to move. It says, "In Him we live, we move, and we have our being." That means we don't do anything without the Spirit of God telling us. But so many people have, have left before they were given the release to leave, Amen. and like the pastor says. You may be the very one that God is wanting to turn the church around with to bring that light in the darkness that might change the whole situation. Amen. Our next church here is the church in Philadelphia, and they could be considered uh, another faithful church here. This matter of fact, that's what the heading says here. And uh, I like here, God says, I am coming quickly, hold fast what you have that no man may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. I will write on him my new name. Boy, now that church was, uh -huh. they were truly a faithful church, and that's what we strive to be, is to be pleasing unto God. Uh, we'll try to get one more. We've got the seventh one here, the church of the Laodiceans. They were lukewarm, Pastor Steve. When you talk about lukewarm, it says that it actually said there was some water that ran in the church. One come from a hot spring, one come from a, a cold spring. So they'd meet in the middle and it's lukewarm. When people drink it, make them sick. Well, that's what God's saying here. He said, I wish you was either hot or cold. He says, because you're just lukewarm. It's like they had a, a who cares attitude yeah. about serving God. And he says that makes him sick to his stomach. You know, at any time when a church is led by fleshly de desires of power-hungry leaders, a church is in trouble. We need to be led by the Spirit of God. Pastor Steve, take us to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, that, Lord, we can be faithful by the Spirit of God. And dearly, Father, Lord, help us, Lord, to do that by wisdom and understanding of your Word and doing things out of love. And dearly, Father, first of all, above all, the love of God. And dearly, Father, let that... Sh that spread into the life for the love of man. And Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you. Thank you for every door of opportunity that you do open. And Heavenly Father, help us to speak the word in love and in truth. And Heavenly Father, standing upon the word of God above all else, loving Jesus above everything else. And Father, we praise you and thank you. And we know you hear us, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So glad you joined us. You know what? We find places where we're coming up short. Just ask God's forgiveness. He's faithful and just keep going. We'll have our church information on the bottom of the screen. Pastor Steve, it's been good. We hope to see people soon, but until next week, take Tell us home. You. Well, come see us, 932 Dolly Parton Parkway. But remember, above all things else, God loves you. Amen. Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Tim Parton of Abundant Life Worship Center. For those of you that live in the Sevierville area, or maybe you just visit from time to time, we'd like to take a moment and invite you to come visit us at the church. We're located at 923 Dolly Parton Parkway right here in Sevierville. Our service times are Sunday morning at 11 a.m., Wednesday evening at 6.30.
We just love sharing the Word of God. And we're just a family church. So we invite you to come grow with us. God bless. Just a little faith We are never alone So this battle I won't fear Cause I can hear the sound